Hello and welcome to the CBGS podcast brought to you by Aspen Weight. We have an extra special episode today because today is the first time that we're going to be trying to record this episode with video. Hello, video. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see our wonderful faces as we chat about business. Um, have Paul in the studio. I feel like Piers Morgan. Ah. I'm just not going to be rude to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Jeremy Corbyn comes in. Oh, well. It's very likely, Drew. Um... He, he turned down the interview, actually. But if Holly Willoughby came in, wouldn't it? Mm, yes. Yeah. We'll have to try and get her for next week, I think. Yeah. Will he be bibi 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 bibi? So, we're going to be it's lovely talking... in Drew's house today, you know? Oh, yeah. Isn't it's it? nice, and nice and bright. It's like We've a sun. lights everywhere. I feel like a cheap porn star. And... <laughs> back yes, right. Paul gave me a funny look when he saw these lights on at first. But, um, <laughs> it's all just to get the video just right. Exciting. Yes, we're going to be speaking today about uh, unique selling points um, and market disruption. But before we get into that, Paul's going to tell you a little bit about his week, how it's been. Yes, I've had quite a boring week, really. I really? Think. Yeah, I think, oh, yeah. that's the first first one well, in a while. Well, I don't know. Well, boring would be um, probably the wrong word. Um, so probably the key focus this week is uh, we've got we had a we had a management meeting uh, on Tuesday. Uh, which is part of um, making uh, Aspen Weight more formal, you know, um, as we're getting bigger. Uh, some of the, the informal ways I used to do things don't really have a place in, in, our, in our future. So uh, uh, things like accountability and responsibility are obviously very important. Um, as you know, we've got two new offices opening uh, very shortly, so that's taking up a bit of time. Uh, and so many, so many things happening, particularly outside of Aspen Weight, uh, with our other uh, associated businesses. So things like um, Emily's business, mm. Fig and Fern, mm. hopefully wonderful uh, cakes <laughs> and more. Mm. Concluded a, a partnership with my good friend Birgit from Franconia Bakery this mm. week, which will, oh, uh, wow. which will, yeah, very exciting. Emily's very excited about it, um, which will enable Emily to hopefully supply. Uh, an unlimited range of products to Seven Fresh Foods, which is a company that I took a stake in recently, uh, which I have great great hopes for. Um, just uh, started uh, playing in a company called Discovery Glass in um, Tredegar, which uh, you and Callum are mm. being appointed as project leaders of. Drew. Oh, wow. So one of the things that Drew does, apart from uh, looking like a monkey and being incredibly talented uh, and making videos with people... Uh, one of the things I promised uh, Drew is that uh, he'd be like on a MBA business fast track, but not doing exams in mm. the real school of life, as I call it. Mm. So Drew's going to get a he's going to get an MBA from a school of hard knocks. Mm. So um, uh, Drew and Callum are going to be tasked to write a business plan about Discovery Glass. So uh, we'll talk about that. Um, we'll talk about Drew's progress in future episodes. Uh, main thing uh, leading up uh, for me. Yes, I'm going to Dublin on a Sunday uh, to visit a, a group called Brooks Timber, which is part of the Premier Forest Timber Group, uh, with a view to hopefully doing uh, Irish tax credit claims for all their companies. So mm. uh, I've done a lot of work on it, including uh, giving lectures on Irish tax in, in Ireland before, but this is the first time I've actually going to get my hands properly dirty, so mm. to speak. So... Are the uh, rules much different for R&D within Ireland compared to the UK? Uh, the general principles are based on the same original der- derivation, but uh, the Irish system is, is more audit-based. 
the expenses on the whole are probably more generous, mm-hmm. uh, more uh, what you probably would think you'd be able to claim on, but uh, the, the regime is much more tough. And because their tax rate is only 12.5% uh, against Darrow's with 19 uh, then obviously the the it's it's the most you can get is is only about two thirds. Mm. So um, yeah, very similar base, uh, but much more audit base. So it's uh, much more getting your ducks in a row and getting the the paperwork to mm. support your numbers more. You know, whereas the British system is more uh, they're happier with with estimates and and reason. I would say. Oh, okay. Wow, nice. That'd be interesting. Yeah, so I can't really think of anything much much more interesting to say about. Uh, I mean, I think the thing, the thing which, um, just to sort of say uh, nationally, is uh, you know what Aspen Weight is a rapidly changing group with people coming into it all the time, and really, you know what what we're going through is a period where uh, things like food and glass and clothes are as relevant to us as. Um, as selling a payroll services, mm. you know, it's very much we we want to be seen as as people who get things done. So we've got some extremely exciting projects. Uh, David Shearers, who's the chief executive of our Welsh company, uh, has had a particularly storming week, uh, and I'm very excited about a project I'm working on uh, for uh, probably the only client we currently act for. Well, perhaps perhaps that's a bit unkind. I won't. I, I shouldn't say that. So. Well, we have we have, certainly what we have one client we have for called Crystalline, who um, who have a unique patent in processing glass, and I think they genuinely have the potential to be a household name. Mm-hmm. So um, it's going to be great fun seeing how far we get with that one. Mm-hmm. Lots of projects so, on the horizon. Uh, I guess you know rather than waffling about nothing, shall I, shall I introduce the first song now? Yes, yeah, so let's start yeah. off with the. With uh, the so I think I've got a feeling that the topics we picked today are, are really good. So I think mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of debate. So. Um, I, I'm, I'm uh, as everyone knows, I'm a bit OCD and I, and, uh, I take a lot of pride in the uh, things we do. And I, I'm starting to find choosing the music increasingly difficult because uh, <laughs> I listen to probably, I don't know, I would listen to seven videos, songs, at least every day, every night, you know, before I go to bed. Uh, and for instance, uh, this week I've been... Uh, so well, I thought about about featuring this. I'll leave it for a different week. But this week I'll be finding out a lot about a band called um, Shocking Blue. Shocking Blue. Um, uh, so they're, they're they're most famous. Well, people don't know who they are, but they're most famous for "She's Got It." Oh baby, she's got it. Oh yeah. Yeah, my Venus. Banana Rama did a dreadful <laughs> cover of it, which uh, that's the one. <laughs> But um, obviously, the shocking blue version is the doing it, So, um, yeah, uh, shocking blue were the first Dutch band to get to number one in America, which they did with um, with uh, this. Oh, hold on a sec, Paul. Sorry. We were just talking about shocking blue before my camera stopped. All of a sudden. Yes, yeah, so it's very off-putting working yeah. with um, Drew and small children and animals. That's <laughs> uh, what I was mid-flow. <laughs> anyway, so I was saying Shocking Blue were the first uh, Dutch band to get to number one in America uh, okay. with, with this particular track. Uh, and uh, a track I'm going to play next week, I, I thought about playing this week, is uh, about falling in love with a railroad man, uh, which is quite... I'd be very interested to see what Drew thinks of it as a, as a song. Mm. Uh, I've done that a couple of times not good <laughs> but anyway um, for better or worse uh, 
I'm going to stick with my original two tracks for this week. Uh, so this week, in, in, in keeping with the more folky and peace and love side of Drusifer and myself, uh, we're going to kick off with uh, probably uh, one of the songs that's most associated with the hippie peace and love uh, period in the late 60s. Uh, defining song from Woodstock itself, which is probably the most famous uh, open-air music concert in history. Uh, and the, the track is called Woodstock from Matthew Southern Comfort. It's just absolutely beautiful. I defy anyone not to want to become a pagan after listening to this. So check it out. Nice. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. 
going to be a bit more chilled now it's going to be brilliant we're going to we're going to kick this business part of the um of the interview off with with usps usps are they USPs. things that fly in the sky well you know i, I, Packets thought, of I thought at first when i when i when i saw it it, it was a, it was a mailing company but that's ups oh I suppose that's nearly funny that nearly worked through <laughs> well, I worked all week on that one, so no. Uh, USPs, Not quite as good as the CBBs. <laughs> the importance of USPs. You've actually spoken about USPs and market disruption on the podcast before. Um, very uh, standout point of Aspen weight, I think. Um, so it's incredibly important to establish USPs as a company to stand out from the crowd. Unique selling points, baby. Unique selling points. That's it. And um, when you traditionally think of an accountancy firm. You don't think all-round business advice, quirky media, and uh, <laughs> very few accountants have monkeys sustainable relationships with clients. <laughs> so, so I'd just like to um, have, have a talk about what 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 that Aspen Waits unique selling. What points. do you think they are? What do I think they are? Well, th- things like that. Quirk, the um, the vi- the vision. Generous employment of, policy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, that for a start. Um, Yes, give, give, giving opportunities for employees to grow in a, in a roundabout way that's not quite what you would think from a corporate um, entity coming through to from before. That's a, that's what. So I'm progressive but, and open-minded. Progressive right? and open-minded. Technologically aware or something. Mm. Yes, we use technology to drive us forward, don't we? Yes, and and and, and like as tr- traditional accountancy firms, like the, the things I've been researching on the interweb for marketing and all of that kind of thing. Our our approach to the pictures that we use and all of that kind of thing in the marketing department seems to be more quirky and, and fun and give that. So 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 the brand I think that we're building for ourselves is is quite different from a lot of the things that are out there at the moment, especially in terms of accountancy firms and business advisors. So that would be one one for me that I would say. That's a huge one, isn't it? I think um, you know ultimately everything we do is driven by. Um, a couple of things really one is know your client two is um the answer is yes what is the question <laughs> uh and um i've i've been referred to many times as the ultimate can do man yeah. as people say i don't know what no means so uh, really what aspen weight is all about is is trying to say yes to our customers trying to give them whatever it is they want whatever whatever it is they want as much or as little support um, in terms of resource, uh, that means people and skill base and services, as much as people want. Uh, I suppose in a way that they want it, you know. Mm. And what we've done is we've put together this eclectic bunch. So you being a, a good example, you know. One of the things I said to Drew last week, which um, I'm very proud about, I said, um, "Who would have thought that Aspen Weight would grow closer to you?" rather than the other way around. Mm, mm. Although one of the things that I'm finding, um, 
So one of the things that's unique, uh, certainly unique about us at the moment is, um, and this probably underlines, underpins my attitude to life, really. Uh, I, I, I can't think of very many people who would decide to form their own exam. Mm. Mm. So I, I, I had this great idea, which I think is one of my best ideas of all time, um, to effectively have accredited Aspen Weight business advisors. Mm. So what this effectively means, the objective of this is that Let's take young Drew, for instance. So Drew could, in probably with his rate of progress inside three years, um, actually have a portfolio of clients. Uh, and he was their main point of contact. He would talk mm. to them about everything, you know. Mm. Uh, so what my accredited business advisor scheme is all about is it's, it's, uh, it's a pre-qualification. Uh, the individuals... I've actually got 10 people... Uh, on this already oh, wow. two people have actually already nearly commi- f- f- uh, finished phase one mm-hmm. so phase one is, is um, case studies mm-hmm. so in this case I've asked uh, t- Mark and Jono who are fast tracking this qualification they've had to write a dissertation on why they think that HMV failed mm-hmm. and what they think they what they think they could have done about it what, what they failed on what they failed HMV failed H- oh, it's <coughs> voice, the music people. Ah, oh, hey, oh, HMV, the company. For some reason, I thought HMRC in my head. <laughs> HMV. I was thinking uh, HMRC. A record what did store. They, they got taken over by a Canadian company this ah, week. But right. obviously, at the time uh, the dissertation was set, uh, they were in administration mm. and receivership, in effect. So they, so um, it's quite interesting uh, as, a, as a Canadian company. A very bold move, actually, from what I understand. Uh, the number of stores in Canada is less than the number of stores that um, they're committing to keeping open in um, in the UK. And uh, the Canadian CEO, who's quite a dynamic sort of chap, you know, in my mould sort of thing, his his raison d'etre for thinking that HMV is a is a great acquisition is very much based on the resurgence of people's love for vinyl, for instance, mm, and mm. things like downloads are um, are starting to be a bit you know, naff, people are, are going back to the, hey, you know, the, the great look at the vinyl. So mm. I, I personally back him to succeed. Uh, John who doesn't. So <laughs> we've got a bit of a sportsman's bet <clears throat> on that. Um, so in that case, you know, we've got, so my, 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 my award is in three parts. We've got case studies. Uh, I finished last week uh, an examination, which will take four hours, wow. which is marked out of 150. Which is this which, like written examination? Yeah, written examination. 30, 37 questions. Wow. Um, so it's everything from company law to um, all taxes, interpretation of accounts, uh, all things obviously down to, to, to being a good advisor, a thorough understanding of business. Mm. So it's a huge range of... So know. everything you need to encapsulate to become a... a, a so when you're sat down advisor. with a real client, you know, all the mm. things that you would you need should, to... Yeah, no. you know, I'm, not, I'm not expecting Drew to become an accountant. What I do expect Drew is to say... You know, your sales went up 7%. This is why they went up. Mm. The margins deteriorating. Why is that? Can we look into that? You know, those sort of things. Mm. So it's, it, so I want, I want um, my advisors to, to, to take their knowledge of business and take it to a new level. Mm. So they're not frightened of a set of accounts. They can look at a set of accounts and they can interpret them. I don't need them to be able to do a set of accounts. Do you see mm. what I mean? So this is like a USP within, within yeah, the absolutely. business, like the, the employees, and, and, it, and, it, and it all starts within the business. Um, well, what, 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 yeah, what it does, apart from anything else, is it allows for um, scalability. 
because obviously we 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 expect to continue to grow quite quite substantially for for probably for forever <laughs> um and what we do have is we have you know so take yourself you you come from a i guess a, a sort of a, a a music background predominantly if you were talking about yourself um with with some some really good industry experience which is helping with some of the things you're doing for Aspen Weight. Then you've got people like John O, you know, who essentially is a you know business coach, really. Mm. Then we've got people like Mark Kerry, who um, is, is like me, a bit eclectic. So he's you know he's hugely involved in radio and boxing, the music industry, whilst also being uh, quite a big player in renewable energy, for instance. You know, mm. David Shears, who's um, you know an engineering and technological genius, uh, and we obviously now have our, our and Greg Davis. We have a full time um, engineer. You know, as in engineer as a production engineer, as opposed to um, you know any other sort of engineer. So we have this wonderful range of people, and what we're doing is we're we're creating a regime that allows those people to flourish mm. and take their knowledge out into the marketplace. And it means no disrespect to accountants uh, that I'm not reliant on on recruiting uh, chartered accountants or accountants and. Um, and trying to give them a personality, it doesn't matter. Mm. You know, so mm. what I'm doing is getting great business people in, mm. and, and 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 getting them to apply their knowledge in a in a different way. Mm. So the other thing, other exam, and then we're having um, role playing. So basically, a lot of role playing. This be probably the key part of the qualification, actually. Mm. So I shall spend probably half a day with each person. Give them, uh, you know, so basically I'll be, you know, only Olofsson, the, the MD of. Um, Mm-hmm. Of whatever company, uh, these are you know. I'll give them sets some accounts, you know. And they've got to sit down with me and tell me, you know, what they think about everything, you know. And, and I'll be deliberately obtuse, obviously, in the interview <laughs> just to see. Uh, so yeah, so that's quite exciting. So that's a that's a, that's a great example of um, um, I don't know what you call that really. It's like a an organic development to um, it's like realizing that you 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 know being different and not, and being proud of it, and then continuing to make good decisions to, to drive the business ahead of imitators perhaps mm. might be a way of because mm. obviously one of the things we've talked about before is um, when you start doing something uh, and people notice it you tend to get copied mm. one of the good things about us is what we do is very hard to copy mm. I mean it would be very difficult to imagine somebody else in the same circumstance I, I am in or was in mm. Do you, know what I mean? Do you think that's because of the people? Um, well, our people. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's 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 it's, it's, it's you know if you want to be um, you know clinical about it, um, I was talking to Samantha Clyde yesterday, and I said, for instance, you know, if I hadn't met her, mm. and you've got these two quite driven people, um, both uh, intellectually masters of their own craft, but not necessarily on their own capable of of creating something that was a USP or a world defining you know and what what ended up is because because she was firmly entrenched in the coaching world I came from the professional world we ended up being able to walk down a road together that no one else before or since could have done Mm. because we suddenly had this firmer chartered accountants having access to uh, the, the, the world of coaching and in particularly uh, the UK DTI's uh, business growth service, mm. and of course, as we discussed, uh, opportunity is one thing, and the main thing after that was 
uh, was doing a great job. Unfortunately, uh, the first um, time I ever spoke as an expert at a business growth service conference, uh, the national boss was there and said that my my dis- my speech was the best she'd heard in a year. So, mm-hmm. so then I got a national tweet about what a hero I was, and <laughs> the rest is history, as they say. So, you know, we 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 sort of. Um, what you need sometimes you need a spark to create a flame the flame doesn't come itself from nowhere you know mm, mm. Uh, and obviously what's good about working with someone like Drew is is um, the fear has gone out of things I think we just mm. we just have this um, let's have a go totally open <laughs> attitude to everything yeah uh, and um, you know one of the things I realised just yesterday and it should have been obvious to me uh, so I'm really really keen and passionate about growing a marketing and media business Mm. I want. I want to have. Well, I have a hundred, a hundred people like me, people with fire in their bellies that's got fantastic products, and fantastic services that deserve to be a great success. And we're going to help you get there, and we're going to give you give you all the tools you need. We're going to give you great videos and great websites and great literature, mm. uh, the best advice you can have, and we're going to steer you. And that's what I want. That's what I want to do. I decided mm. for the rest of my life, I'd like to. I'd like to have a portfolio of a hundred clients. You know, mm. and we we do all that sort of stuff for them. I mm. think that would be mm. be a really uh, rewarding thing to do. Mm. Mm. Yes, and and it's it's the face of face of the business. The thing, all things you do do media. That's a, it's a way of um, of of people out there being able to see what you what you do, what you represent. So um, it's a very important part, I think, and maybe something that um, companies don't think about so much as much. Which bit? Uh, like the the media and the advertisement, the face of the brand that you that you are putting forward to people. Um, yes, and yes. Now I think um, now it's interesting. Uh, Drew Drew's uh, one of Drew's comments just then uh, reminded me of a fundamental point, which I think is key. Uh, one of the things which um, I'm having quite a lot of uh, difficulty with internally at the moment is despite the fact that the Aspen Weight team are wonderful people and have great big hearts and, you know, genuinely are great at what they do. I think there's still a fundamental lack of understanding uh, about a central marketing point. Uh, and I think one of the things which is essential to any business, uh, especially in its early days, if it's trying to be successful, you need to know who you are, who your customers are and where mm. you're going, right? And, um, and for instance... Uh, we had a discussion this week. Monica uh, Stukova was was in the room with us, and she was reporting on a meeting she'd had with quite a senior figure from the city in London, uh, who basically said, "You guys are never going to get anywhere with twenty five percent in London. You know, there are people charging as low as nine percent." And uh, Monica was saying, "This guy was saying that, um, you know, effectively the whole network was saturated with R and D companies." You know, there was no room. Um, and I said to Monica, well, that can't be true, can it? And what I meant by when I say it can't be true, it wasn't that locally or in that guy's peer group or, you know, in his world, what he says was undoubtedly true. But if you just do some simple, you know, simple arithmetic, there's 5.6 million businesses in the UK, uh, of which probably 3 million would be limited companies, so. Mm. If you then said that two, just, you know, you're just being generous now, if you said that two of those three million were micro businesses, you know, one or two people, you're left with a million, a million companies, say, um, that could be doing R and D. 
So again, you know, if you if you said a quarter of all companies in the UK were in London, so mm-hmm. that leaves two hundred and fifty thousand companies. Well, only less than fifty thousand R and D claims were done last year. So my point to Monica is well made. Mm. Even if half, if, even if, if you said that half of all the fifty thousand were done in London, that still means at most twenty five thousand R and D claims were made by London based companies. Mm. Therefore, and this is the point. So what my point is is that. We don't need to compromise who we are because a portion of the market doesn't want our service. Yes. We, I've worked it out. We, we, need, we need to ultimately uh, appeal to something like 0.075% of our target audience. Wow. If we were to do that, we would turn over £100 million. Pounds, you know? <laughs> wow. No, but that's focused thinking, you see. Yes. That's something I'm very good at. You know, mm. I, I, so I, I, not I, not being scared of what everyone else is doing or, or what what the what the figures are in. Well, the, as we discussed before, sometimes you know, to be a leader, you have to be totally confident that you're right. Yeah. So I am right. I'm proved I'm right. And you're not going to compromise so, on service. I know what I'm talking about. I understand the market, and the fact is, is I don't. It doesn't matter whether nine hundred ninety-two thousand chief executives think what I'm saying is bollocks. Mm. Do you see what I mean? It mm. doesn't. I like to say that. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. listeners. I, I don't. I, yeah, I mean, bollocks all these likes. This is sweet. the Ask Me Wait podcast. Yeah. Especially if Callum mentioned plums, just they Yeah, yes. Did he manage uh, to get plums in? Ah, uh, yes, yes. Paul's he did. juicy plums. Yeah. That's a dedication to my son. Yes. Yeah, uh, uh, Callum seems to find Paul's juicy plums something. Just to put that in a little bit of context, uh, me, me and Callum are, are recording um, video and chapters of Paul's book, Raising the Bar, which is going to be a short mini-series that we, we bring to you, aside from the podcast. And uh, yesterday in the first chapter, mentions uh, about Paul on his on his road to entrepreneurship um, when he was a young boy, <laughs> p- pulling, pulling the juicy plums from, from his mum's garden, the garden tree, and selling them to the local uh, produce company. In, in Mr. Vigor, Ken Vigor, Ken Vigor, yes. So that's it's going to be a very interesting uh, <laughs> story for you guys when you hear that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so the point is, as I say, it, 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 you don't need you just need to appeal to a certain part of the audience, and you mustn't lose sight of that. Mm. So it, you know, I've got people turning around, and so we've got to spend spend thousands of pounds uh, raising our, um, our our rating on Google, so we don't come ninth ranked or something. Oh, well, yeah. You know, we've got eight million pounds of work for God's sake. You know, mm. yes, there's some relevance in that, but why? Why does Aspen Wait? What makes Aspen Wait different? Ultimately, is because we do great work. We've gone about building our business the hard way, the sincere way, where we've we've built with heart. We've had to prove that we are great, rather than being, having greatness given to us. Mm. Uh, we've then taken that market position that we've earned from hard work and sweat and we've and we've basically uh developed a a service and an attitude to the market that no one else can replicate Mm. and the fact is yes you know it it comes back to something i think we discussed a couple of weeks ago about you know define what expensive really means Mm. you know if you're uh consistently getting somebody fifty thousand pounds a year they wouldn't have got Mm. And you're doing that, you know, and the thing is as well, you know, we're not talking here about Aspenweight being a company that goes for the easy solutions. We we are we are a, a company that proudly does everything. So the claims that we are making on the whole are ones that our competitors wouldn't even touch. Mm. 
so we're 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 using our business knowledge to 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 give the best possible advice to everybody whereas uh you know uh, our competitors are much more focused on uh, a narrow band of sector mm. of clients and and maybe just just say the r&d claim whereas i think it, when you when you get us uh, looking at the r&d it's going to encapsulate a lot more that you're going to be able to get a lot more service out of us if that's what you want because it's a whole team of advisors not just accountants well yeah I mean, again it comes down to um you know whether um you want to offer a narrow or what you might call a holistic service so i like holistic as a word so holistic just means whole really so you know whole approach so what if you just think about this and it's it's, it's interesting you know um uh, quite often, uh, so one of the things that I've learned, Drew, uh, which hopefully will save you a few years, is everything is much more simple than you think it is. Mm. True, tr- truly. You talk to anybody who's in their 50s who's but run business, they'll, they'll tell you that. Mm. So you think business is really clever and hard, but actually most of it is, is, is down to quite simple things, you know? So when you get the simplicity of it, so for instance, if someone is doing R&D, that probably suggests something, doesn't it? That suggests they've got something probably... It, for instance, it probably suggests that um, they're developing something it hasn't quite finished yet. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that probably suggests that this company could be bigger. Mm. You know, if they were given a bit more help, uh, mm. these products well, they're could be developed. towards something. So, what you get. find, what you find, uh, many in many cases, probably, I would think as many as much as twenty five percent at least. Um, you find that you come across a client that wants an R and D claim, but actually they need much more than that. Mm. They need some investment. Mm. They need money to help them grow. Now, of course, what we can offer, which is difficult to... I'm not saying nobody can offer it. I'm sure people do. But you know, we can go along to um, a new business. Um, I say there's a, a glass company in Wales, which we're going to get very heavily involved in. Um, we can look at that, and all the problems that business has can disappear overnight. Because we can turn around and say, don't worry about marketing anymore. Mm-hmm. We're going to take. We're going to do the website. We'll design it for you. We'll make it funky. We'll bring this in. We'll do that. We, we can create a video for you. We can create a. Lit, we can create literature for you. We'll write you a business plan. We'll get you some money. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it really is a complete business growth service, as I call it. You know, which is our defining, our defining um, uh, shop window to the world, really. So you know, really, you know, our, our USP has started off as a few things, and it's become something fundamentally defining. That doesn't sound too. Um, I got to tell you about my best. I've got to say, I think I deserved. I deserve to be in a book over this. Um, going back to Ireland, uh, uh, I'm sorry if I repeated this last week, but it's such a good one. And if I have, I'll be I'll be editing out when I when I, when I say this. So, I was talking to Jerry Cook, who's the chief part, senior partner of um, Stevens and Cook. I've got a conference call with him today, with um, uh, with him and his tax manager. It's a four-office uh, firm in Ireland. Mm. Um, so I think the head office is in a place called Mulligavari. What a great place. Eh? And, and Jerry phoned me last week, and he basically, I hadn't spoken to him for a couple of years. So he, he says, you know, in his, in, his, in his quite distinct Irish brogue, and it's not a twiddly-diddly type, you know, it's a, probably more Galway sort of sounding. And um, I said to him, Jerry, I stepped into a stream, and it turned into a river. <laughs> Do you think that was not a brilliant quote? Water I, I, just came out of my feet. I know, this is, I st- went to, and it turned into a river. Mm. I said that to Coach John this week, and he said, um, so you just need to, need to make sure now that you don't get swept away in it, which I thought was quite good. 
So anyway, yeah, I thought that was quite, quite that was quite witty of me. So uh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. So on my on my on my tombstone, it will say weighty stepped into a stream and turned into a river and then he got here because he didn't have his scuba on or something. <clears throat> oh yeah. So designing your unique company position is important from the outset of the company like you kind of went into. Um, what 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 advice would you give um, to businesses trying to define trying to define their unique position in the market? That's a bit of a like an exam question, isn't it? Yeah. Trying to define their unique selling. I mean, I think one of the things that came to mind with your first point was that um, I don't think so. You know, if you take if you take what I just said, I wouldn't have been able to say that twenty five years ago. Yeah, I would have better say it five years ago or so, a year so, ago. So, would would it be um, um, to say that you at the start <coughs> your, your USPs have, have your idea of USPs have, com- have completely changed over time with experience? Uh, but you, you had a different set to start out with, but you still define them at the start, or is that not something you thought about? <laughs> well, um, that's, a, that's a very interesting question. That uh, mm-hmm. uh, Drew has a very good habit of asking really shit questions, <laughs> hard to answer, and then tittering after them. Just to, I'm not quite sure what that does to my brain. He's only it. saying that because he don't get it. <laughs> I said there were hard questions. So uh, yeah, yeah. Didn't say I didn't get it. Now. So I said there were hard questions. Um, so the honest truth is, if I if I re- reply to your point in the way that I took it, is so clearly when I started Aspen Weight, I didn't, I wouldn't have, no, I didn't know what market disruption meant. Mm. Genuinely, didn't mm. know what that meant. Mm. Uh, if you'd said to me uh, on my first day, what was my marketing strategy? I would have looked blankly at you. Mm. So what did I know? I knew I was a good accountant. I knew that. Uh, things like hard work, commitment, intellect weren't things that were were in doubt. Uh, what I didn't know was how to turn a best kept secret into something that was Wait. capable of earning me the money I needed to earn. You know, mm-hmm. uh, even at the basic level. Um, so uh, I guess in the early days, Aspen Weight was based on the principle of. Um, well, it's in my own image. Unfortunately, you know, things that that are associated with me are things like, you know, hard work, uh, no no lack of intelligence. I have natural people skills, which, um, without me meaning to, so for instance, you know, uh, within three months of starting up Aspen Weight, my whole travel pattern was incredibly different to how it had been for the previous five years. Mm. So in the previous five years, it's been much more. I, I I've got this position of importance in an office, mm. and mostly I go to the office. And that's where I sit down. Whereas what happened with Aspen Weight, it was much more going to the people. People yeah. said, "Would you know?" So it was it was obvious that in order to do my job, uh, the best way to do that was to go and see the clients. Mm. Mm. So I started travelling a lot more, and then of course, so I think. I think um, one of the things that I often say to people, particularly people that I'm going to start working with, is there's no substitute for real work, i.e. that start working. Mm. What happens if you, if you actually start working, uh, it's quite an organic process, then in my experience, what is the right thing to do will naturally develop. Does that make mm. sense? Mm. Organic. Don't force it. Mm. 
You, don't, you wouldn't set up a business and say, hey, I've got a complete business growth service, I'm really going to do this. What you do is you listen to people, you adapt. Do you see what I mean? You hone things and you change and you mm. improve. And it's a process. Mm. So so ad- adaptable is, is something that... One of my is, key words. Yeah, one of your key words. And it sounds like that, that was from the start, even though if you weren't completely conscious of it, saying about how you'd gone from working in an office to then all of a sudden your pattern changing and you visiting a lot of clients and having to take that, that's you adapting to that situation. Well, it's a customer service-driven approach, isn't yeah. it? Mm. You know, which is ultimately... Um, I think I was talking to someone in the week who... Um, um, and we were talking... I know it was, yeah, it was... Um, had a, I think he'd be a fascinating guest if he was prepared to do it. One of our clients is a guy called Paul Kensington, who's the chief executive of the bicycle chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, made decent acquisition last year in Climb on, Climb on Bike, which is a, uh, a similar um, operation in Hereford. And uh, Paul is a... I've got to know him reasonably well over the last couple of years. He's a client of Carl Turner. And Paul is um, uh, a very entrepreneurial man. He's a master of his craft, but hides behind this mask of being paranoid and sort of a bit scared of the world and mm. it's going to rain in a minute isn't it Paul you know, it's going to rain all the you know but actually when you deep down I said to him so first because I've got to know him better came to see me this week he wanted to talk about um, efficiently restructuring his now group of companies and how he was doing and stuff like that and uh, like I remember him telling me for instance you know that his even today that his probably biggest motivator was fear Mm. and I looked at him and I said you, you, I said you probably wouldn't believe this in a million years but I said you and I are, are much much more similar than you would ever think yes yeah fear, right. yours was fear of failure um, but yeah, exactly, yeah fear, that's what I said fear of failure mm. um, so I, I think it's something which is synonymous with any business owner mm. uh, there's there's this part of you that never relaxes you need things like a 50 grand overdraft facility even though you know damn well you haven't used it for 10 years because you can't go to bed without it and no matter <laughs> no you think it's funny and no matter how people say to you and bank managers in particular just don't get it bank managers don't understand um, the psyche of a business owner mm. you know, oh but Mr Smith you know you, your average balance has been 223,000 I don't care in, in the business owner's head you know that rainy day can happen you know mm. so Paul is very good at saying things well I think recession's on the way don't you I'm saying no <laughs> mm-hmm. but I think it is you know the market's doing this that and the other but of course in reality um, you know what he does beautifully well because he's a you know he, he's a master of his sector in the same way that I'm a, a, a master of mine he doesn't just allow uh, the industry to change and do nothing about it mm. so you know he was saying to me yeah, due to the um, you know the uh, massive success of British cyclists, Bradley Wiggins, um, you know, race break recently, Geraint Thomas. We've got three British Tour de France winners. So what was it? I think Brits have won the Tour de France for the last five years or whatever it is. We've been preeminent in cycling generally for ten years at least now, perhaps more. Um, and so that meant you know round about the, the time of the London Olympics. The number of road bikes on the road in the UK reached an all-time high. Mm. You know, there was a huge, huge demand for that. Um, what what Paul's now reporting is that uh, already that fad has died. Right. Um, 
So what what's happening now is his turnover levels are roughly the same, but the mix of his turnover is very different. So, for instance, he's selling a lot more electric bikes. Mm. You know, he was saying he's you know he's got some um, even some quite famous customers, and he told me who they were. Uh, and he, he told me about three sales he'd done fairly recently with people of my sort of age who've come into the shop and um, and bought electric bikes for as much as ten grand. Mm. Wow. You know, um, so what the point is there is the bicycle market has changed, but he hasn't just he, he's not just being drift swept along the current. Um, he's he's actually sitting there and he's seeing it change. You know, like I said about uh, my good friend John Cooper. You know, if you know, if you can see. So in our in our case, um, um, you know, one of the things that I keep saying to people is, uh, if you don't think that we're going, so we're going to we're going to see the biggest level of technological change in history, hmm. in history. Not yeah. You know, and when you consider um, prior to the steam age, um, people had no realistic way of getting say from Manchester to London any other way other than than on a you know a Pony Express sort of thing you know uh, so literally you know the whole definition of travel so I don't, I don't know what the what but probably you know if you wanted to go from London to Manchester you probably had to sit in a carriage for at least a day I would imagine mm. you know I don't know I don't know it got to be isn't it probably more than that uh and then all of, all, all, of, all, of, all of a sudden, of course, you get these the, these trains coming along, uh, and, and everything has changed. So, mm. um, and of course, because of that, you don't things don't need perhaps things that were travelling down a river before to, to go from one place to another, and now stuck on a, tra- on, a on a train. Mm. So, um, you know what we're going to see uh, within weeks, I think, is you know as I said before, virtual. So we'll have you know we'll have virtual people, uh, holographic technology. Um, you know, people will literally probably be able to go on holiday without going anywhere by, mm. by this electronic experience, you know. Um, Drew and I have found we've been ch- chuntering on for, uh, for quite a long time now, so uh, uh, I now have my four-weekly routine of going to my favourite hairdresser, my only hairdresser, in fact, Lisa Pike, who's the world's greatest hairdresser. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it's been a really interesting dis- discussion today. We could have carried on for many hours, I think, mm-hmm. um, Maybe we need to um, splice this one up and revisit some of the points again because they're um, fundamentally important to business, I think. So um, I can let uh, Drew uh, see you out, but uh, final record uh, I picked today. I said I found it really hard this week because uh, I've been listening to some really good stuff. And, uh, and I think the fundamental aim is, uh, as we discussed last week, to uh, to sort of try and bring you music in two sort of genres, really. One is you know really good sort of folky stuff, and the other one is um, is is either uh, bands or records that deserve to be better known. Uh, and, and I think the other, the other thing is, in this case, uh, I picked a track from the Stranglers, um, who probably are extremely well known. Um, I think they had something like thirty top twenty hits. You know, you know nearly nearly sort of, of madness type um, proportions. But I suspect, you know, I don't know. Do you know much about the Stranglers, Drew? Not much, just. Um, but if, if, I, if you said, if I, what would you, what would you think if I said Stranglers to you? What Country, you? really? <laughs> well, a punk band. So. Ah, so that's uh, completely wrong. Oh well, god! Yeah. <laughs> so Stranglers are, um, I would have said, probably one of the three, three most famous punk bands. James Drummer. That's Clash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say now. He's really putting me off. Um, um, 
Yeah, so they would be, um, you know, the, one of the punk bands that, that actually became commercially successful and, and carried on for a number of years. So, um, yeah, what you know, so I think that people, people, um, uh, if you were thinking about uh, the Stranglers, would think about records like No More Heroes Anymore, uh, Hanging Around, those sort of type of things. Um, even even great tracks like Walk On By, which uh, their take on is, uh, if you want. To, got seven minutes to kill today listen to walk on by by the stranglers absolutely unbelievably brilliant arrangement mm. but um towards the end of their um their, their career and they are still going today um they they started getting into some quite interesting stuff uh sort of quite, quite funky you know almost like Euro- european east sort of stuff in fact there's a there's a quite a famous song of theirs called european female which again um if you've got five minutes today uh that's well worth a listen but um the record I, I'm, I'm playing out with is by the Stranglers. It's called Skin Deep. And it's um, a really interesting song. Uh, and I think sometimes it's really, really uh, cool to see how people with talent can start off uh, in a certain genre. So, as I say, playing sort of um, uh, quite. I remember um, one of their, um, one of the coolest lines of all time uh, from their, their fantastic album, Ratchet Novedicus. Is a line plastic straw for when you're sick, plastic straw for when you're sick, plastic straw for when you're sick. Maybe won't you tell me what to do? Yeah, anyway, it's just a <laughs> very, very um, sort of, and it's very baseline driven. But you know, these people obviously, you know, like we were talking about evolving, so they've gone from from playing this sort of uh, base, very bass driven, uh, quite melodic uh, punk stuff uh, into becoming, you know, very serious musicians with some beautiful stuff going on. So. Uh, I've chosen Skin Deep because it's probably uh, a record that most of you won't naturally associate with them. And I just think it it, it really uh, highlights the evolution of these guys as musicians. And uh, uh, I, I'm hoping you really think it's great. So uh, I'm playing out with Skin Deep by The Stranglers. Nice. Thank Cheers, you, mate. Paul. Enjoy your haircut. <laughs> Hello, listeners. As you can see, Paul's gone now. He's gone off for his haircut. We hope you've enjoyed this episode, first episode with video. Uh, We're looking forward to bringing you more of these, and we will see you next week. Enjoy this Stranglers song.
Thank you. 